0: I'm Heidi Harris. This is the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I do these a couple of times a week. You can find them anywhere you get podcasts. You can also find me live doing actual radio Sunday nights, 97.1 FM talk in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. St. Louis time during the week. I do these podcasts and I do videos and all kinds of stuff. And you can find that all at HeidiHarris.com. Last Sunday night on my St. Louis show, I was joined by a veteran police officer, 24 years Police officer, eight years in the Marine Corps, still teaching tactics and things like that to recruits. He's an amazing person, and I wanted his perspective on what happened with Tyree Nichols. And I talked to him a little bit on Sunday night, but then I talked to him on my Headlines with Heidi videos that I do on Rumble. So I wanted you to hear the audio of it because some people just do podcasts, they don't necessarily do the videos. So I wanted you to hear that conversation. It's really important. Marcus Martin is here, 24 year police veteran. And he's also a martial arts expert. He could kill you quietly before anybody even realized it. Thanks for being here. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm good, Heidi. Thanks for having me back.
0: Good. Glad to always have you. Always appreciated your perspective over the years. Everything from uh, I've had you on about tasers. I mean, you've been on what, CNN about tasers, and you're always called upon to provide expertise, and you're an expert in martial arts. People should know that. So that's or 60 minutes. OK. We're a little more
1: elevated than. Uh, yeah. CNN.
0: Well, you know, yeah, exactly. that nowadays. Right. But uh, you're <laughs> an expert in several forms of martial arts, which people need to know. And you also recently, after spending 24 years with Metro, uh, you're still doing a lot of things. And you recently participated in the making of a movie called Wrist Lock. I've talked about that a couple times here on Headlines with Heidi. Great movie. It's won many awards now. And what the movie talks about is the idea that police officers sometimes let things get out of hand because their training is such that they just don't have the ability to subdue somebody in a humane way before it gets crazy. So that's why I kind of wanted you to talk about this Tyree Nichols situation. So thank you for coming back.
1: Well, thanks for having me. The The video is heartbreaking mm-hmm. beyond heartbreaking. It's, it's mind numbing that professional law enforcement uh, officers would conduct themselves in this way. Uh, and, and it's simply in custody matter. Now, as I said to you uh, last night, it's not easy to take somebody into custody Custody that does not want to be in custody. Right. We got to prove this point years ago when we had media in for a school at Metro, and we picked the smallest officer we could find. And we had several media professionals try just to get his hands behind his back, and he was going to give a mild re- resistance. And they were shocked at how hard it was to get somebody into custody. Right. And this, this is not somebody who this person didn't have something to lose. He's just an uh, officer in a scenario. Uh, now somebody who's going to go to jail or or, or whatever is going to happen, they've got more to lose. They're they're going to be more of a fight. But this video, there's just not an ounce of justification anywhere in this video to be found, and yeah. uh, it it it's, it's it's just it it speaks to uh, maybe that department's level of training because this is just flat incompetence, Heidi. This there's no other way to put it. It's incompetence. Armbar. When you have the suspect's arm even against their will, an, an officer who's competent should have been able to get that arm behind his back. We've got four officers. It may take some work, but they should have been able to get his arms behind his back. I don't see any credible evidence that they were doing that. You're holding the guy up. He's standing, trying to get away, and you're beating him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, there's just, there's, as I said earlier, there's not an ounce of justification in this. It's
0: outrageous. And one of the uh, videos that I saw, I've seen three or four. I don't know how many, but maybe there are others out there. One of them showed a police officer It was his body camera running, running, running to, you know, a block or so to the event. And then he runs right up and just kicks the guy in the head. I mean, like a street thug, like it's a street fight.
1: Uh, you know, it's stunning because the public looks at this and says, well, what are we paying for here? And that's where the ridiculous... <laughs> right. The ridiculous uh, defund the police notion came from that society's gonna be better without police. Well, we got four, five morons now that kind of prove their point. With now, I've taught cops, cops to kick because there's times when a cop can kick you. There's times mm-hmm. where a cop can punch you. And let's let's get this straight right now. If you're being commanded to do something, and you're standing there with bald fists, getting ready to throw a punch. The officer does not have to wait for you to throw the punch and the public thinks that they do. They do not. Uh-huh. Uh, the officer can strike you the minute that you're showing that you're going to attack the officer. They don't have to wait for the strike to come in. And I've taught officers to kick, but I've never taught an officer to kick somebody on the ground. Uh, I, I And he, as you said, he runs right up and kicks the person in the face. I got, I hate to say this because I don't know this department. I've never worked for this department. I worked for Metropolitan Police Department here. I it, this may speak to the Memphis Police Department's training. Yeah. This may speak to their defensive tactics. This may speak to their policy manual. There's not, as I've said three times now, no any justification for anything that we see on this video.
0: Yeah, and it also maybe speaks to recruitment too. We don't know. You you and know, I have talked in the past about the idea that standards are being dropped all over the country for police officers. And when you drop the standards to a certain point, you, you're not going to get the best people. You're going to get people who might want to be cops for the wrong reason.
1: Look at Alaska, uh, the small remote towns where they're having trouble finding one law enforcement personnel, so they had to drop the standards to uh, felons. So there's two towns in Alaska. The sheriff is a felon because nobody else wants to do the job.
0: Wow. Wow. And, and well, it, and something it, you mentioned, I want to go, I, I don't want to gloss over it. this is important because you mentioned this last night on my Sunday night show in St. Louis. You mentioned the idea that media... Uh, people and I, I I guess I'm considered part of that, uh beat up police officers. You know me, you know I'm pro-cop, but a lot of people in media want to beat up the cops, second guess everything they do. And that's another contributing factor to the dis the the, the uh difficulty in recruiting police officers.
1: Well a- absolutely as I said last night, when you continue to denigrate the profession, you continue to run it down you can and in and, and, and you're a moron if you group all cops. as as, of course all
0: All blank are blank you're a moron if you say that about anybody any color any religion any you know anything it's ridiculous any profession of course
1: yeah very true i i don't know i i I still come back to, to to being stunned on this one my last point just got away from me but i do want to go to uh what, what did you just last say, that last comment? Well, we were just heard.
0: talking about trying to recruit police officers and how difficult yes. it is when everybody's second-guessing you and every, th- every decision you make is wrong. You were you were telling me uh, the other day that you had talked to somebody who had said, I, why would I want to be a cop? Every decision I make is going to be wrong.
1: Exactly right. And we fail our young, qualified people, or even, even not so young. I mean, because when you have life experience, you'll make a good cop, a lot of you. But... It's just—it's stunning to me that we're going to destroy the per- profession by name, and we're, we're going to label it, and then we want to find young, qualified, bright-eyed applicants. It's mm-hmm. the two don't go together. You continue to run this profession down. The qualified applicants say, "Oh, I'm going to go do something else. I'm not going to. I don't want to be a cop. Why do I want to do that?"
0: Right. I yeah. saw a story. I don't know if you want to address this because this is a little bit of a deviation from Tyree Nichols, but we'll get back to Tyree. But saw a story the other day about a 19-year-old kid who was a police officer. And he had wanted to be a police officer since he was a little kid because he grew up in a domestic violence home. And the mm-hmm. police came more than once and he always felt that they were, had, you know, had his best interest and they were really calming influence. And he really liked what they did. So he became a cop. And then he gets on Facebook 19 years old and i'm sure you saw the story and he says something about gay marriage you know marriages between a man and a woman and the department didn't fire him but he quit because he realized that they were going to give him a hard time now the interesting thing to me and i talked about this on my show the other day the interesting thing about this case to me is the police department tried to say well if you say something about biblical marriage then you can't be fair to lgbtq people now that's not fair because you you are not a uh you're not a drug addict you're not homeless you're not all kinds of things you deal with people from all walks of life every single day and being a police officer isn't about wow i agree with your lifestyle it's about i'm going to protect your rights
1: yes yes and you know the way they held him accountable for some speech that he gave off duty right right off
0: duty
1: yeah so that's I, I think that was uh, uh, egregiously mishandled. Uh, you do have to remember, however, when you join the military and when you join the police department, even the fire department, when they're not selling real estate, you give <laughs>
0: or buying real estate. Did,
1: did I slip that one in? Uh, you, <laughs> give up, you give up elements of, of free speech. You give up some of right. your personal free speech. Sure, sure. So there is that on that young man's uh, case. But I, I really do think that uh, the department mishandled that uh yeah. and the treatment of of him,
0: but I, mean, I just he, think the larger issue is that you we, we, you are not a criminal, but you are forced as a police officer to deal with the criminal element every single day and professionals deal with people whose lifestyle they don't agree with every single day that's the majority of the contact you have exactly with people
1: exactly right i i wish I, I I wish that I could go back in time and show the public some of the capers that you've been on from people whose lifestyle is not yours, whose lifestyle is vastly different from yours. And you still have to walk in there and, and and handle the situation without your biases. You have to go in and treat them just like the human beings that they are professionally. And you don't have to agree with their lifestyle.
0: A police officer can have his or her opinions about the way they conduct their own lives and yet still deal with the public in a professional but manner. It's so important.
1: Keep your beliefs to yourself. Keep your opinions to yourself for the most part. Yeah, And uh, like I said, you sacrifice elements of free speech when you become a member of our police department or the military.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I think it's interesting looking at this video in its entirety that all five black, all officers are black. I think that's definitely uh, shaped the way the media has approached things. Oh, right no now.
0: question. They're not burning down cities. Now, speaking of that, do you think that factored in, do you think had they been uh, uh, had there been black and white officers or Latino with different races of officers, would that have had any. Um, would that would that have been different as far as with the circumstances?
1: I, I, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. You know how conservative I am, but I think if there had been one white face in the crowd, it would have added more fuel to the fire.
0: Do you think had there been officers from different races, it would have been different or they all would have just still gone gotten together with their lack of training and beaten this guy to death?
1: Well, that's just hard to say because we're looking at five officers from one department. Right. So so we don't know that it's maybe this is a department mindset. Right. That's, that's really, really hard to say. You know, yeah. maybe it's a squad mindset. Maybe they, they're all from the same squad. That's what I was
0: thinking. Yeah. And the
1: supervisors may be off the rails. So then your officer is going to be off the rails, too. And yeah. so I, I, I really can't speculate over one white officer changing uh, this whole outcome. I do know one white officer, uh, Ch- Burnt set the nation on fire in the George Floyd case. Right. So, right. Uh, Heidi, do we have time for another topic just real quickly?
0: Absolutely. Of course.
1: Well, we look at uh, we look at George Floyd and Derek Chauvin set the nation uh, on fire just by his actions. I think conversely, if there had been one white officer in this group,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think that would have been enough fuel to to repeat George Floyd. But the other thing that I wanted to say is that we didn't we, we don't really see what happens before. And that. Right. That doesn't mean that the the uh, person, the suspect, deserves to be killed or beaten severely or have his neck kneeled on. But there's still something to be said about what goes on. Because when you run from police officers, some of them get angry. It's not professional, but it happens. I've been there. I can I can tell you, when we chased the guy from Desert Inn down to Tropicana on one rim, throwing sparks, running red lights, uh, nearly T-boning families, I, I'll never forget the spark uh, spray behind his wheel that's missing, it's on fire. By the time we get up to this guy and finally get him stopped, I had to check myself because I was I running up to the car, I'm pissed off. Right. I'm pissed off and I had to make myself slow down uh, and, and, and calm myself because then I get to him and he is the dumbest drunk that you're ever gonna see. Mm-hmm. And he's not compromising anything. He's not compromising. open the door, get out of the car. I literally had to pull him through the window but I had to make myself slow down first. That's so important.
0: Gotta- that, no, that, I, I don't want to gloss over that. That's super important because what people are asking a lot of times these, these particular situations, there's a police chase involved or something prior to that that precipitates this whole situation where it went off the rails. Like in the case of George Floyd, he wouldn't get in the car. He wouldn't get in the car. He wouldn't get in the car. We've all seen that video. And... Uh, obviously he didn't deserve what ultimately happened, how much the drugs contributed to versus what they did. I am not getting Mm -hmm. there today, but we know that that was part of what got them so aggravated. And you've got to, you're asking police officers to be, really superhuman they're supposed to go beyond and not have the emotions that normal people would in that situation it's very difficult because like you said you are pissed off this person has made you drive a long way run a long way endangered other people in the process and you're just pissed and you've got to, like you said check yourself before you do something unprofessional
1: including endangering yourself i remember as we were chasing this guy and this was back when cops could actually chase criminals um we were actually, when we were pursuing this person. It be, became announced as an official pursuit. I can't count the number of people that almost t boned us because they didn't realize the person that sped through the intersection in front of us now has a trail of police cars behind him. Mm. So we're almost getting t boned uh, by innocent people, and he's almost running into innocent people. It they're human beings. So they're, you're you're going to be elevated. Your blood pressure is going to go up, and and your mindset's going to go up. And like I told you last night. You could lie to me all day long during any kind of interview; it never bothered me. Another cop, you start lying to them and they get red-faced and they get angry. Interesting. We're all
0: different. We're all different. Why didn't that you- bother you? Why didn't it bother you when people lied to you? I've watched a lot of interrogation videos; I find them fascinating. And people just lie to the cops, and they know they're lying, and it would just it would irritate me. Why did it just not bother you? Because you figured that's just what they're going to do, or you didn't take it personally, or how did it not bother you?
1: Maybe I had a lot of life experience catching thieves for retailers. And Mm -hmm. I did a lot of running and jumping over fences that way, too, as a civilian catching remember,
0: I remember when you did that job before you became a (laughs) cop. I remember running into you in the department store with your little department store bag acting like a regular shopper before you became a cop.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I had a lot of interview experience there, and people lie to you there, too. The people that lie to the police, they they lie to pretty much everybody. And so I got used to that, and I figured that was just part of the job. I'm getting paid for you to lie to me, and besides... I, I thought I was a good enough interviewer that I was going to get to the truth anyway. Right. And uh, so that didn't bother me, but that it was very perilous hopping fences. Uh, you know, <laughs> even as a civilian trying to catch thieves, it was it was more perilous. I didn't have a weapon. right? And uh, I guess got used to that It was my life experience that lent itself to, to aid me as a police officer. So when people started lying to me, I figured I was going to get to the truth anyway. And besides, yeah. if the evidence is strong enough, the interviewer was just really ornamental.
0: Right. It doesn't matter. You know, it's a formality. It, you already know what's happening. We've got the and, DNA or we've got other evidence already against smart, you. We just want to hear your we just want to hear you twist in the wind here a little bit. It, it,
1: exactly. And smart when we're, we're smart enough to know this is America and you don't have to
0: right.
1: uh, talk, talk to me. But, you know, now we don't look like America with uh, with cops like this. We just don't we don't we don't we don't resemble America at all when you're walking right. up to a suspect and kicking him in the face on the ground.
0: Now, you, you know, know, what's so sad about these kind of situations, by the way, folks, if you're watching, we're speaking with Marcus Martin, He spent 24 years with Metro Police Department, which is one of the best in the country, and that's in Las Vegas. And, you know, not only are you dealing with the people in Las Vegas, the 2 million in Clark County, you are dealing with 40 million visitors a year. And that is something that most police departments in the world can never claim to be able to have to you handle. Yeah. And God bless all of the security folks in all these casinos. You guys work hand in hand. You know, that's what you do every single day because of all the uh, people who are in the hotels and they have all great security forces. So it's a it's very it's very uh, it's a very tough situation. So I'm just wondering because I've heard and I, I come at this from a white person's perspective. All right. I don't have another perspective on this. I've heard people say, oh, I've had the talk with my son. Right. They've got a young black man in their family and they'll say, I've had to talk with my son or people see this and they've got a young black uh, you know, a child and they'll they're terrified of the cops, which they shouldn't be because cops have contact with people all day long of all races and nothing happens. What do you think this does for that situation?
1: Oh, well, only bad things, only bad things. And we and it, it, it behooves us to say to anybody listening out there now, don't just based on this event or any other event, don't just take off running because you're scared, just don't do that. Mm -hmm. Um, This this is the exception and not the rule. And uh, what you should do is just follow lawful commands. Uh, And notice my verbiage, lawful commands. If a command sounds bad to you, it doesn't feel lawful, then ask for a supervisor. Most credible accredited agencies have a policy where if a subject asks for uh, the arrival of a supervisor or to speak to a supervisor, the officers have to comply. And, and get that supervisor to the scene, along with names, P numbers, badge numbers, where the department has right. those officers need to provide those things. But for anybody listening right now, especially young folks right now, don't don't base this event on how you're going to conduct yourself in the future. It, it's still going to result in your arrest eventually. And, and it could be bad. So
0: yeah. let's
1: just go ahead and, and comply. If you have issues, go through internal affairs, uh, go to the supervisor. But first of all, comply. Get on the ground now. If I can go to this topic, Heidi, yes, this is a very do. important. Notice when they keep saying "get on the ground," get on the ground, and he keeps saying "I am." He's on his is on his right hip, looking up at them. It's kind of semantics. Maybe he knows that what they really mean is get on your stomach, or maybe he doesn't know. It doesn't matter. It's your job to clearly give those lawful commands, and they didn't do that. He's on his hip, playing semantics. I am on. Get on the ground. I am. He was on when the they ground. They should have yeah. said. They should have said get on your stomach. You can't convert that. You can't controvert that. Get on your stomach. Get on your stomach. Give us your arms. That's the mantra. They should constantly, loudly say, give us your arms. Stop fighting. Stop fighting. Give us your arms. Get on your stomach. They didn't do anything like that.
0: All right. And they were all screaming at him at once. You've got five guys screaming at him. And I don't know. I have not seen video. Maybe you have of when the contact first occurred. In other words, he was pulled over for reckless driving. The first contact I saw, he was already out of the car. And I don't know if they had to drag him out. If he got out, people forget that legally, if a police officer tells you to get out of the car, you have to get out of the car. I had a cop t- ask me to get out of the car one time because I was coming back from the mountains and I would, had been skiing and I was on the freeway and he pulled me over. NHP, you know, they'll ticket their mama. He pulls me over and he goes, he said, were you drinking on the mountain? I said, no, because I wasn't. Got me out of the car anyway. Does the horizontal gaze nystagmus test. I'm looking like a moron in the 95 with cars whizzing wide <laughs> doing this crap, but I didn't fight him. I got out of the car, I did what he said, I got back in the car and I went on my way. But a lot of times things are, you know, escalate. We don't know what happened when they first contacted him, do we, what, what Tyree first we did do. or they we, did? We do,
1: we do. now, uh, see the NBC video or the CNN video actually shows the officer walking up to the car.
0: Okay, what happened?
1: And saying, he's reaching through the window and screaming, get your blank out of the car.
0: Uh, okay.
1: And you know what, I, I, I do understand that because uh, until I got up to that motorist, who was running from us and, and saw how stupid his expression was, that helped me calm down, you know, to show that he was mm-hmm. just blindingly drunk and very dumb. And uh, right. that's why he was driving on the rim of the car. But I remember being that, just that angry. I didn't scream, get your blank out of the car. And, I, and the only reason I had to pull him through the windows because he just wouldn't come out of the car. But that mm-hmm. was eventual after I gave enough commands. But to run up, you're escalating. You're escalating to run up screaming, get your blank out of the car. A lot of police departments have worked hard to get the department's demeanor down to a more professional response, despite, you know, uh, the incident. No matter how uh, how egregious it is or no, no matter how much running you've done with this person, departments have to work hard to get their officers to calm down and professionally address the person. My favorite thing was to tell them exactly right off the bat what was going on. You know, uh, you're under arrest for reckless driving. I'm, I'm Officer Martin Mitchell, Police Department. Get out of the car. I've said three things clearly, then, and I'm not afraid to repeat them. A good cop will just continuously repeat lawful commands, right. and the calmer the better. And because uh, I, I still teach for Metro, I don't know if you knew that, but I, I, did I still not teach. For, know that. I still teach excited delirium for Metro, and I get the honor of teaching young new officers, and I get to throw out instances like this. You can bet the next class we're going to cover. <laughs> we're going to cover <laughs> okay. some of this and right. professional demeanor, um, because here's the other thing duty to intervene every cop in america should know clearly and understand duty to intervene so where were these five yahoos you know what, what rock were they hiding under i mean how did you miss duty to intervene uh for rodney king how did you miss duty to intervene for george floyd and now here we are with the tyree nichols incident you yeah. still have a duty to say hey enough and and it and look at the three officers who I consider really got railroaded in George Floyd. One officer's not even looking back. He's facing the crowd, uh, yeah. monitoring the crowd. And that, was got the, that was the
0: Asian guy. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. And then you have right. two rookies.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and one of the rookies is even smart enough to recognize, man, I think this is excited delirium. But they just weren't strong enough to go over to Derek Chauvin and say, enough. Right. Enough. Get off of him. Let's get him in the car.
0: Just let him at least get his head off the curb. That's the thing yeah. I couldn't understand. He To me, and I'm not a police officer, and I know there are a lot of people who think that what really killed him was was drugs. I, I'm not going there. I think that Derek Chauvin, in my opinion, showed complete disregard for the life of a human being who at that point, to me, looked like he was subdued already.
1: Well, certainly. And now you go. let's go back to what you said about him seizing he wasn't he was not resisting arrest. Uh, in my opinion, he was seizing.
0: When he wouldn't get into the car, you mean? When he wouldn't get yes. into when they tried yes. to get him in the car. Okay.
1: Here's, here's what we're teaching officers at Metro. We're looking at the the arrest point and we're pointing out that he's he starts seizing flat as a board and behind the wheel. Now, obviously you're L-shaped, you're seated mm-hmm. and behind the wheel, but right. he was seizing up flat as a board as soon as they opened the car door. That's mm. drugs coursing through your veins. Now, mm-hmm. now I do point out that a qualified credible coroner, a pathologist, actually showed the substances that caused his behavior, the methamphetamine and the fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when he's he seizing, I point out to officers that it's not that he will not obey, it's that he cannot obey.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it. It's and he's a huge big, guy. Big guy George Floyd was what, six six over was six? Yeah. A, huge a guy. Band.
1: But they had the opportunity to recognize that he can't obey. He he's not even processing. Okay, look at the gibberish that he was spitting out right now, it goes to, we have to say, also that Derek Chauvin and and George Floyd knew each other and hated each other passionately for 17 years.
0: Mm, Their former
1: boss pointed that out, even the liberal media covered that for a few seconds. So the other reality to the George Floyd situation is that he hated, he hated George Floyd, Derek Chauvin did. And uh, I think Derek Chauvin would have knelt on his own mother's neck if she pissed him off. I really do. Yeah. Look at the, imagine the picture. You can still see the picture of his face. Oh, yeah. You can in see your it. Mind's eye. Zero I mean, regard. When Real. you look at his eyes, he's looking at the people filming him. He's looking right at doesn't them. doesn't
0: care. He mm-hmm. does
1: not care. Right. He, or he thinks they're too stupid to understand what they're seeing. Right. So yeah. the duty to intervene thing is what really hurts my heart on this one that in this day and age, in 2023, one guy's milling around the car. I don't know what he's doing. he's not he's not intervening. he's not participating, but he's not intervening.
0: Right. and then you've
1: got these people beating this human being senselessly, and it never dawns on you that your career is going to be impacted. It never dawns on you. It doesn't matter if there's witnesses or cameras. You should be conducting yourself as if nobody's watching. I mean, as if somebody's watching all the time.
0: well, God's watching all the time. Also, you know the thing that's so amazing to me is that you you know these people are doing this, but it's just it's just, it's stunning that they don't really care. Like you said, they just don't care what happens to them. And they just, they see people filming them. My question has always been, what if somebody hadn't filmed that?
1: Well, that's true too. Wow. That's true. We'd have a, we'd have an in custody death with uh, facial uh, bruises, lacerations, bumps and all that. And, and people. And nothing, their shoulders.
0: Right. Nothing would have happened.
1: Man, right? That, that's hard to say, you know, there's more and more people coming forward, even on departments. There's more whistleblowers. That's hard to say. One thing I noticed with Metro, there's no thin blue line that I saw. You know, there. It, and as I told you last night, there maybe was a line f- forming in internal affairs to discuss what you did, but, but there's no thin blue line as far as I'm going to throw away my mortgage to lie for you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie for you.
0: Well, let's talk about the wrist lock movie that you participated in that Jason Harney did. And yes. It was a great movie. And one of the things that they talked about with the wrist lock, the whole premise of it is that police officers are not tactically trained like they should be, or maybe they are in the academy and afterwards there's no follow up. So many situations that don't have to get to the point of somebody dying or a police officer being injured could be avoided had these police officers learned the tactics that would actually be effective and allow them to subdue people humanely. So talk a little bit about that whole premise that Wrist Lock is based on.
1: Yeah, you know, Jason Harney, the director and John Gentile, uh, the moderator, you've had them on your show. They did a marvelous job of, uh, of talking about police officers when they're in shape there's so many benefits to that. There's so many benefits, and then when they're martially trained and trained well, the, uh, a martially trained officer who's trained well uh, resorts to uh, use the force less frequently than somebody who's not trained, and that's only common sense. That makes sense to you. They're more confident in their abilities and, and their techniques. And when I look at the, I don't, I didn't see a single technique on this. Uh,
0: yeah, I Harvey saw three Nichols thugs kicking him in the face and swinging their, what do they call it, windmilling when they're swinging yeah, exactly. their arms around? It was just crazy it, land. No tactics there.
1: Precisely, Heidi. And, and so when when a trained person looks at this video, they say, well, you had an arm bar right there. You could have simply folded his arm down, got it behind his back. Instead, you're holding it so your fellow officers can beat him. Yeah. So I, I think Jason Harney proved a, 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 an amazing point that in-shape officers use uh, wrongful use of force less frequently uh, in-shape officers again are more competent present themselves and also criminals conduct themselves differently around officers who present themselves better. right, like, right. you know they're testing your professionalism and when they see it's not there then they're going to go they're going to go far and wide with it so right. uh, I, the movie uh covers a lot of points of, as far as departmental attitudes departmental attitudes should be better towards teaching cops and keeping them in shape because then their insurance costs are lower um so i i have to wonder about the memphis police departments one physical fitness programs if any two certainly about their defensive tactics because we don't see an inkling of defensive tactics here and and, and by the way no fight is clean no fight is you know like you see martial arts on tv they throw around house kicking that's it it's over or they don't get hit or anything like that fights are always going to be sloppy and dirty okay but when you're supposed to be the good guy you're supposed to minimize the sloppy and dirty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, what what's the what's the takeaway here? What what do we do better? We we hire better. We train better.
1: Yeah, uh, um, you know you you know what that uh, police need to be trained better. How long have we been hearing that? Um, it's always gonna it's it's always gonna be this way. I hate to say that. It sounds pessimistic, but it's always gonna be this way when you have human beings involved. And when you have human beings who want to disregard the rules then at least the system is working. The department did a good job. They did a good job in a horrible situation of realizing this is an egregious violation and that they needed to be fired. I commend the chief for doing that. But the takeaway is the system actually works. Nobody's going to like hearing me say that. But the system works. Four or five people went south, disobeyed the rules, and now who's going to pay their mortgage? Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe some people are going to say, who cares? The point is now these five families... Don't don't have that breadwinner. Don't have that mortgage. But and they deserve it. They ran into this. The takeaway is at least the system works. People are going to disagree with me. It's going to piss people off. But it does. These people are out of law enforcement to me that's the system working
0: well yeah you see people running around protesting uh, justice 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 okay they got justice they've been charged right now they're going to get a fair trial that's what we do in america i mean not that everybody gets a perfect trial we're not saying that but these people have been you know they have now been arrested they're no longer going to be in law enforcement and their lives their careers are over which i think is the correct thing to do after what they did to this young man and you know so what 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 should i mean to me it's a no-brainer Cause I was raised to respect the cops and I know a lot of people don't, but as a little child, when a cop car would pass through the neighborhood, my parents would tell me that's a good guy. That's a person you, I didn't like the dog catcher because they told me that guy could take your dog. But the police officers <laughs> I trusted uh, cause I was raised to believe that but you got little kids all over the country and who are taught from the time they're little kids that cops are the bad guys. And then they grow up and then they're defiant. And then they wind up over the hood of the car. I have been pulled over numerous times in my life. It's yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I do what they tell me. I keep my hands on the wheel where they can see them. All these things. Even when I had a crazy cop, I'm not going to get into that story today, but I had a completely insane cop in Henderson pull me over one time, screaming and yelling at me like I was a felon. He'd been behind my car for five minutes. He knew I had no warrants, and he was screaming like a maniac. And I took it upon myself to calm him down because he was completely out of control. I should have reported him. I'm still mad at myself. Yeah, you should have. You should have. I should have because he was insane. But the point is, I'll tell you the story off the air. But it was it was really nuts. But the point is, you know, people need to know police, op- you know, if, they, if 99% of the cops, 99.9% of the cops, they pull you over. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Don't reach for anything. Even me. I don't, I hands around the wheel until the police officer says, hand me your license or whatever. That's what you have to do. And, and, and unfortunately, we've got a lot of people who don't want to do that.
1: Well, that. And that's true. And that's true. But our society doesn't want to focus on that. They don't, they right. don't want to care about that. And right. I tell the new officers when I get the opportunity to teach them that it's never gonna come down to what the suspect did. It's always gonna come down to what you did. Isn't that and, that's, and that's the reality here. Now this young man, we, we know that he had some elements of reckless driving, but anything the suspect does prior to a police beating is gone, it's done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what he did because right. all society is gonna focus and maybe it should be this way. All society is gonna to wanna to focus on is you wearing the badge and the uniform right. uh, as a paid servant of the community. Uh, but now you're going to go off the rails and, and beat the snot or kill somebody. Let's just put Yeah, it, you that's, just have like a street
0: thug. And you're supposed to be a professional. You're supposed to be, uh, you know, have, be held to a higher standard. You're supposed to conduct yourself in a professional manner, which they did not do. And I think we can all agree on that.
1: Yes. Well, you know, I think... I think I wouldn't be surprised to, to hear of a governmental consent decree or something like that based on the egregiousness of this. I know they probably uh, need a few more events to evidence this. And who knows, when you have this kind of event pop up, other events tend to come out of the woodwork too. Like these, these guys probably weren't working in a vacuum. They probably have other questionable events going mm-hmm. on because a questionable cop does that. They go around doing questionable things until they finally get stopped. Right. You remember Derek Chauvin? Amy Klobuchar was the district attorney in Minnesota at the time, right? And she had twenty opportunities to get uh, Derek Chauvin, twenty I mean, IAB level infractions. Wow! And She didn't do it, mm. and 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 we might not have had Derek Floyd. We might not have had the nation on fire if Amy Klobuchar had done her job and gotten him out of there. Think about that. Twenty. How many? How many instances are? Do you need to have a red flag?
0: So he, so we, do we know what some of the internal affairs investigations were based on with Derek Chauvin?
1: Yeah, no, I'd have to go back and dig them up again. It's been since the George Floyd incidents when I yeah. first discovered that one. I didn't know they that. Were, didn't they know they that. were enough to reach her office, and wow. when she was, uh, she, she had, she had her unsuccessful run for the president, and then George Floyd popped off, mm-hmm. and so when they asked her about that, she felt that she didn't have enough evidence.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's a bad cop, right? Twenty infractions right. in twenty years. What do you need?
0: Well, it's like this cop who screamed at me, this Henderson cop screaming at me, he pulls me over. And uh, I'm driving down sunset in Vegas. He pulls me over and I pulled off the road because it was all packed traffic and I pulled into a parking lot. And I, you know, just, you can't do that. You stay, you know, I didn't, I was trying to not block traffic. He starts screaming at me, Have you ever been arrested? I mean, screaming at me. He'd been behind my car in traffic for, you know, several minutes. he's sure he run my plates, okay? No, I've never been arrested. I mean, obviously, he doesn't know that I'm the driver the owner of the car. But, I mean, screaming at me, I'm literally holding my hands out of the window of the car so he can see him because... And he had a ride along with him. I think he was trying to impress her, screaming and yelling at me. And I'm like, no, sir. Have you ever, no, no, sir. I mean, it was... That was the craziest thing. And like I said, I wasn't traumatized. I was just pissed. And I should have reported him. So the reason I go through that boring story is... Who knows how many other things he did over the course of his career. I am a traffic stop. I'm a a routine traffic stop in the middle of the day. I wasn't driving fast. I wasn't doing anything. And yet he went berserk on me. Imagine if somebody had done some of the things you've dealt with. Took off running or driving fast or, you know, did something that ticked him off. I can only imagine what would have happened.
1: And that's true. And you're right. If he's behaving this way with you. It could be something's wrong, something's wrong in his life, or but it doesn't matter. He's probably doing this to somebody else as well. Right. Now, let me point out that that's a form of a discourtesy, discourtesy. Mm-hmm. And for most accredited agencies, that's the most sustained complaint in internal affairs, especially for Metro. The most sustained complaint at Metropolitan Police Department is discourtesy. So yeah, you, sh- you should promote it. The people in internal affairs are usually smart enough to know who's calling just to get revenge, who's calling... Uh, just to, to get the officer in trouble. And they will investigate they, even the small things, at least for uh, I found that out of Metro that even the small little things, that's, that's why I didn't want to go to internal affairs because you're you're investigating even the, the, the most minute complaint to the nth degree. So they yeah. look at everything. And if you'd have called on that officer, at least it would have been in his jacket. There was no reason to go off on you just explain what his thoughts were and the law. And then ask you if there was a reasonable justification for what you did.
0: That's all. Well, that's true. But in fairness, you know the deal. In hospitality, which I worked in for a lot of years, in the hospitality business, you know, whenever you say no, people will say you were rude. Right? that's true. They can't return their clothes that they don't have a receipt for. If If you run out of hotel rooms, whenever somebody says no to you, they were rude. No, they weren't rude. They just said no.
1: Well, that's true. And then they say, well, Officer Martin was rude to me. And then they look at that and they say, well, oh, Martin's been here forever and he's got letters of commendation from citizens on right. how he treated them. We right. don't have a track record behind Martin. This is just a one-off incident. Okay? Yeah. So we'll talk to him and see what happened and we'll determine whether the person's being truthful or maybe Martin's right. not being truthful. But what we're talking about here is that cops like this typically have more than just one event that's dubious. They have exactly. several events. An internal affairs investigator will tell you the same thing. It's the same names all the time. Well, just, like, the, just like you're chasing child. around the
0: same names, you deal with ninety percent of your contacts or with ten percent of the population. The same names all the time, right? Isn't that consistent?
1: And, and that's true too. That's true too. <laughs> We're letting people out of jail without any punishment, and and not realize that that's only a small percentage of them creating creating the vast majority of crimes.
0: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So I know I, I just ask the public that's listening to you and uh, and thank God you have typically a conservative base and they understand what goes on but just don't change the way you respond to an officer just obey the lawful commands and uh, and I'm i I can say abundantly sure that it's you're not going to have an event like this just by simply obeying commands and if you do remember. Uh, ask for a supervisor, ask for the watch commander,
0: Absolutely.
1: ask ask for the phone number to internal affairs. If they're, they should get it to you. If they don't get it to you, call, call the supervisor. Sergeant whoever's
0: on duty. Absolutely. Well, it's a terrible, terrible stain on America and it's a terrible stain on that police department, but it's not on all cops. We're not going to let it be a stain on all police officers, but you know, all departments need to look at their, their training. And certainly Memphis is a disaster and you know, it, it, it's just a terrible, terrible incident that nobody likes to see happen.
1: So I'm gonna modify one of my statements. Okay. Um, when people throw at me, uh, the police need retraining. Well, maybe there's some truth to that, especially when you look at this video, yeah. but the public also needs retraining.
0: Yes, thank do. you. They yes, just thank do. You.
1: And, and there's a whole mountain of uh, lack of common sense out there. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna continue to retrain police. We have to, we're gonna continue to retrain police, but who's retraining the public? Don't run. run, don't fight, okay. don't do all the crazy things. Uh, this man didn't deserve to die, of course. He didn't deserve the treatment that he got. Right. And um, nobody's ever gonna say that who has half a brain. But at the same time, there's uh, there's the crimes he committed before being stopped. Unfortunately, he had monsters and not police show up to get him out of the car. But just obey lawful commands. If things go sideways, go above the officers.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And when people, you know, you're uh, by the way, people, as I mentioned before, you legally do have to get out of the police car. If they tell you that, how many situations have we seen where things escalated because somebody says, I don't have to get out of the car. Yes, you do have to get out of the car.
1: Supreme court Court ruled that officers in America could simply just want you to come out of the car. And I can tell you, there's a lot of good reasons when you don't want somebody in the car, you don't know what's in that car Mm -hmm. and you don't know if you're going home tonight. So it's not an unreasonable request. And yeah, you don't have the right to argue that one. Again, the Supreme Court sustained that an officer can simply want you out of the car and that's it. And, and in case you're still wondering, I can tell you many, many times it was a shocking and not a happy surprise to find out I was fortunate to get somebody out of the car and there was a gun in the car. And then they had priors. Uh, they weren't a nice person. If you're a gun owner, you're a 2A person, I fought to defend your rights for the Second Amendment. But it's not a great feeling when somebody nefariously has a gun in the car and uh, you're at a disadvantage as an officer standing next to it.
0: Absolutely. And if I've had, you know, I I travel with a gun in the car sometimes depends on the circumstances. But and when I've been pulled over, not that it's been a while, but I have been pulled over many times when I was younger and driving like a maniac. Um, You know, if if you have a gun in the car, you got to tell them they get really mad. I, I have my hands on the wheel and I will say, officer, I want you to know I have a gun in the car where is it? It's here. It's there. I kind of just motion with my head. I don't use my hand because they don't know who I am. I could be a maniac too. You can't look at someone based on their race or anything else and be sure that they're not going to hurt you. So these are things. One other quick thing before we go, Marcus, a lot of people have questions about people who are handcuffed in other words a lot of times police officers will put you get two or three people you put them all in handcuffs and then ultimately they're not held you know that you just put them in handcuffs for a minute because you're trying to figure out what's going on and work out the situation correct explain that to people
1: um so there's a thing called investigative detention okay okay and it really stems from uh, 1968 supreme court ruling uh, terry versus ohio where an officer can detain you if he believes a crime has been committed, is being committed, or will be committed. And included in that investigative detention is handcuffing. You can handcuff somebody and and advise them that they're not under arrest. They're simply being detained. And Mm the Nevada law, by the way, is codified in uh, NRS 121. uh, I have to think about it now. Yes, 121, 121, 121, 121, 123. 121, 123, you'll get up under NRS. And that says an officer detain you determine whether a crime has been committed or not and then they can let you go the reason why they might handcuff you is if you're agitated we we i remember 30 years ago when i first became a cop they always said you can always unarrest somebody meaning the handcuffs right. come off just as fast as they go on and the public needs to understand like i can speak for officers of metro they're well trained and they know the law and they know they can detain you to determine if a crime's occurred. And that's the reason why.
0: Or to sort out who's who or you're not giving them the right story. You're starting All to match things. up with where you are uh, until you can sort that out. You want to know that you've got at least some control over them at that point.
1: Very perfect. The Nevada law reads, investigating suspicious circumstances there mm-hmm. abroad. Meaning right. you have an hour or so to determine whether a crime's been committed or release the person.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's an important thing that I think a lot of people don't know. Listen, Marcus, my friend of, of like 35 years, I know you so long, I have to pay you off. That's how long. <laughs> uh, but I so thank you for your wisdom on this. And I love the fact that you're still continuing with uh, training Metro officers and still give it back to the community that you you, know, you served in the Marine Corps, as you mentioned, and 24 years in law enforcement. And you've just done nothing but give back to this country your entire life. And I, I love you. And I so appreciate you.
1: I love you too, Heidi. And thank you so much.
0: All right, good. good make, sure,
1: make sure that uh, people look up wrist lock on. Various I will. Platforms.
0: I put it in the notes here. Wrist lock movie, guys. You got to check it out. Wrist lock. For those who don't know, that's a maneuver where they grab your wrist and they can get control over you. Correct. Correct. Okay, that's a, correct. that's the word I was not familiar with. So please check out wrist lock movie. I think not find it on YouTube or whatever, but look it up. You'll find it, folks. But it, it's won a lot of awards and it really, really gave me a lot of food for thought. And it's, it's very important the things that were discussed there. All right, my Thank friend. You,
1: Thank you so much. Love you too.
0: All right, you too. Bye, guys. All right, see you guys. See you guys all later. Thank you for watching Headlines with Heidi. And don't forget, you can find me every Sunday night doing actual live radio on 97.1 FM Talk in St. Louis, 7 to 9 p.m. If you don't know how to find it, just go to HeidiHarris.com and there's a link right there. You can click on the icon for the radio station and listen from anywhere on Sunday night. And you can also go to Odyssey.com and catch podcasts of the show. During the week, HeidiHarris.com is the place to find these podcasts and videos that I do. And blogs I post and all that good stuff. So check out HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell. (laughs)